Hello everyone, this is the Indian Sinophilist. Uh, today I want to talk to you a little bit about decoying and sort of try to clear some of the misconceptions that we have in India, especially about, uh, you know, what is the role of a decoy and, uh, you know, what is really necessary for you to be a great decoy, uh, you know, for you to be a good decoy. For uh, people who are really, really new to this, uh, decoys basically are, uh, so when you teach protection work, uh, the guy who gets bitten, who basically stands in as the bad guy, is uh, called a decoy. Now in protection work, what actually is happening is, the decoy is the person that is teaching uh, the dog, you know, uh, how to bite, where to bite, is, you know, also making the dog more confident about his abilities to win the fight, for example. Uh, He's also teaching, you know, he's also sort of manipulating the mindset of the dog in terms of like, you know, uh, when does a dog like, like, for example, to stimulate aggression, to enhance that aggression when, is, when it's needed, uh, to use that aggression to create certain behaviors that, uh, you know, uh, that can happen through that kind of a mindset, etc. Right. So this is what decoys are doing, right. The other things decoys are also doing is they act as, you know, someone that the dog is actually fighting and the dog is being tested through the decoy, right? So what I mean to say is, and this is, this is basically what uh, people here, I'm seeing more and more of is, you know, people have a little bit of confusion when it comes to this. Uh, there is two kinds of decoying that actually happens, be it in sport, uh, be it for like, uh, you know, like training a dog for real situations or whatever it might be, right? But there is training decoying and there is trial decoying, right? Uh, like when you say trial decoying, it's like, you know, it's it sort of comes from a sport point of view because, you know, sports have trials, right? Uh, but what we essentially mean is uh, training decoys are, you know, decoys that basically create a good protection dog, right? Like, let's say uh, someone has a, you know, a working prospect puppy, right? And, uh, you know, Let's say I'm going to start by teaching the puppy how to bite, right? Let's say I have a small puppy pillow, right? I teach the puppy how to bite well, right? And if it bites well, the puppy wins, right? Uh, then, you know, slowly I progress it to maybe something of a, like, you know, maybe a bigger pillow. Then eventually maybe a sleeve, you know? Uh, I introduce it to various kinds of uh, stressors that the puppy might see during a fight, right? Like, uh, it might be a lot of things. Like, let's say uh, the puppy chases me into a dark corner and, uh, you know, bites the sleeve there and wins the sleeve and, you know, comes back out, right? So, this is uh, stress that comes from the environment and I expose the puppy to that. Uh, 
I can also expose the puppy to other stresses, uh, stressors like let's say I have a stick in my hand and I show the puppy that I can maybe use the stick to uh, hit him or her, right? Uh, the puppy endures that, learns how to uh, fight that pressure and again it wins the sleeve, right? Uh, in doing so, you know, the pup's getting better and better at length, you know, its confidence is increasing in its own ability to uh, win an altercation like this, right? Uh, what I'm also doing alongside is I'm, you know, creating situations where the puppy feels that or, you know, hopefully by now, you know, it's not like a really young puppy, it's, it's grown a little bit, may not like a young dog, let's call it a young dog, right? So what's happening, I'm, I'm also showing, you know, this young dog that like certain situations which, you know, I'm trying to create in the pup's mind that these are very realistically threatening to him or her, right? Uh, what it should do is if you do it correctly, it should stimulate aggression, right? Uh, I'm going to also teach this dog to... Uh, use that aggression in order to get rid of me who is you know presented there as a threat in that situation right so every time it does so like it uses the aggression to get rid of me uh, you know that aggressive state of mind is reinforced right so all of this I'm going to do as a training decoy right uh, you know Eventually, it will go to, you know, like, you know, different things like, you know, I'm going to start teaching, depending on, of course, like, uh, what kind of a sport you're doing or like, are you doing like street work or whatever it might be. I'm also going to teach the dog, uh, you know, where to bite. Like if I'm doing PSA, I'm going to teach bicep targeting, tricep targeting, let's say, you know, targeting in the legs or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm going to introduce it to a lot of other stressors and so on, right? Uh, eventually, we'll have to do like uh, teach the dog how to bite, like you know, on hidden equipment. We're going to teach the dog how to muzzle fight. All of that will be my role as a training decoy. So, what's essentially happening here is uh, I am actually the dog's friend. Uh, you know, I'm not really the dog's enemy as such. Uh, you know, there may be situations where, uh, you know, I'm pressuring, I'm pressuring the dog, but more often than not, I am the dog's sparring partner or, you know, something on those lines, right? Basically, the dog's facing me and my job is to ensure that the dog gets better through facing me regularly, right? Like, uh, let's say, okay, I'll give you an example, like a very simple example. Let's say you have a young kid, you send the kid to a martial arts class, right? Uh, the coach is at times going to either spar with your kid himself or have, you know, one, one of the other students be a sparring partner, right? So what's happening is it's it's sort of like a fight, but the intention of the fight is not like, you know, the, the two fighters don't really become enemies to each other. But what happens is that 
through fighting each other you know the the goal is to you know make this individual a better fighter right so that's my role in this situation here right like i'm a training decoy here uh on the other end of the spectrum there are trial decoys so what are trial decoys actually doing uh they are actually going to be your dog's enemy obviously they're not like well real enemies because they're still ensuring your dog's safety like you know they have to catch your dog safely they have to still ensure that the dog doesn't get injured in the process or you know something like that but but they are not their job is to not ensure that your dog gets better at this job their job is to ensure that you know the dog is tested like is the dog really good at the job already their job is to test that right uh, let me give you a simple example right like in igp uh, they call decoys helpers right like helper is a very common term for a decoy in igp right so what happens is a training helper is the handler's helper right like if i am a training helper i am i am a helper to the dog's handler right so i'm helping the handler to develop his dog in bite work right and on the other side the trial helper he is the judge's helper right so he is helping the judge test if the dog is good enough so you know so that he can allot whatever points that need to be allotted right so this sort of gives you an idea you know like of the different roles of uh, you know the different kinds of decoys that are there right now i'll tell you where the misconception is a little bit of a problem now okay so one of the major major things that i hear is you know you're a decoy or you want to be a decoy uh you know go work on your physical fitness right now what's happening is if you look at things within the country right uh we have one sport right like we have one sport like one bite sport that happens in all of the country that's psa right we have i think three psa decoys in all right like psa trial decoys in 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 all of the country right everyone else who is learning decoying or who has learned decoying are training decoys they're not they're not trial decoys because like to be a trial decoy you have to be certified by that particular sport to appear in you know in a trial of that particular sport right so everyone that is really realistically looking to learn decoy work is looking to learn how to create you know these good uh bite work like you know sport beat sport dogs or protection dogs or whatever right that's what they are looking to learn but what happens is a lot of like a, a lot of times they get told you know you need to be this fit like you know work on like that is like the primary portion of decoying like like i get it to an extent yes i mean deco even training decoying to a certain extent of course it is physical work right like especially if you're going to do uh if you're going to be a training decoy for something like PSA you're going to be wearing a suit which uh, weighs a lot so yeah it's going to be physical work so you do need a certain amount of fitness i agree to that but uh what happens is 
when you're going to be a training decoy, it's not like you don't need to be that fit. Like you need to be like fit enough because you have to understand that there are a number of ways in which you can make things comfortable for yourself as a training decoy. Like, for example, you can use lines, you can use bungees, uh, you know, you can use, uh, let's say, if you're working just on grips in, in the inside of the arm, you can use a Belgian sleeve uh, instead, of a, instead of a bite suit. Uh, you know, which is obviously going to be lighter and you have more mobility. So it's not going to need as much strength and as much endurance, you know, stuff like that. So there are things that, you know, you can use your brain uh, and compensate for the lack of fitness and still create an outstanding dog. It's very easy. Okay. You don't, you don't have to be the fittest person out there, right? It's not necessary. Yeah. You need to have like a very basic level of fitness, like... Obviously, if, if uh, you know, you're someone who can't maybe just like, not even like just go on a lively stroll or something like that, obviously, or if you're not someone who is uh, like a person who is regularly up and about, then obviously you're not going to even, uh, I mean, decoying is just not going to be fun to you. So then why are you looking to learn it? But but I'm saying that you don't need to be an outstanding athlete or something like that for you to be a good training decoy. You just need to be a very normally, you know, everyday fit kind of a person, right? What you do need in training decoying is you need to be able to read dogs really well. You need to be able to react to what you've read really well. Okay. You need to understand uh, the psychology of dogs really well, right? Uh, you need to understand aggression and, you know, why it happens, how it happens, what happens to a dog when it's in an aggressive state of mind, how to enhance aggression, how to, you know, uh, enhance courage in a dog, you know, how to help a dog use that aggression, you know, all those things. You need to be really, really skilled in all those things, right? Uh, you need to be skilled in... Uh, you know, being able to convey to a dog that, you know, the grips are really good. Uh, you need to be able to create, uh, you know, movement in whatever body part the dog has bitten you on, uh, you know, so as to stimulate to the dog certain things that we need to convey in the middle of a fight, etc, etc, right? So, these are like, but what I'm saying is all of these things are tremendously skilled based, right? And, uh, you know, they are tremendously about what is like, you know, what is the level of knowledge about dogs that you have? It's really not about physicality as much, okay? Uh, on the other hand, when you're being like, when you're training to be a trial decoy, uh, it's, you know, you do need fitness because, and the, 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 the logic behind that is that let's say, let's say there is a PSA trial that is going to happen next weekend, right? Let's say we have 20 dogs, like let's say, uh, 10 PDCs, uh, five PSA ones and five PSA two dogs, right? That are going to appear at the trial, right? So what's going to happen, there is a very good chance that you're going to ha have to do maybe 
10 courage tests for PDCs, maybe uh, 5 handler attacks and uh, maybe 5 fended attacks, right? Which is going to be essentially 20 bytes with you running at the dog for, you know, 15 times. And once the dog bites you, fighting the dog uh, with a lot of intensity in a suit that weighs about 15 kgs. Uh, and you have to do it 20 times. And the idea is that you have to do it with the same intensity for all 20 dogs, right? Uh, because what happens is, let's say if, if I'm competing at the trial and if my dog goes first, right? And so you fight that dog with a lot of intensity because you're fresh, right? This is the first dog. And let's say, uh, you know, our director here, Aman, he, he also competes in PSA. He is, so let's say he, he is going last, right? Like, so let's say his dog is the 20th dog that goes in. And by that time, you're tired. And so, you know, when you fight his dog, uh, you know, you're not as intense as you were when you fought mine. So it's not fair for me, is it? Right, like his dog got fought, like fought with much less intensity than mine, and it's not fair. So, in order to keep it fair, what we need for the trial decoys to be fit is that they fight all 20 dogs with the same level of intensity, right? So, for that, you obviously need to be pretty fit, you know. And uh, so, what's going to happen is generally when you have your certification, uh, it's going to be a lot, lot more tougher than let's say you can have what you know whatever might be the highest number of dogs that appear at a trial uh, usually the certification is going to be a lot lot more tougher than what can be the maximum uh, you can face at a trial so just in order to certify also you're going to need to be really really fit right uh, what happens is a lot of times people are sort of mixing the two up Right? Like someone comes up to you and like, oh, I want to learn how to decoy and they mean, uh, they mean how to create a biting dog, right? How to create a sport dog or a protection dog or whatever. And that's what they are looking to learn. And a lot of times they get told that, you know, work on your fitness, work on your fitness, like you really need to be fit. And they get shown this picture of tremendous physicality, which training decoying might not necessarily be. Right. To an extent, yes, like it's still ultimately a dog and you fighting, right, sparring, but but not not like, you know, not like what uh, like what trial decoying is. Right. On the other hand, what also happens is you can have a trial decoy. And so what happens is, you know, like, OK, so let's say I'm a trial decoy, which I am. And so which means. PSA, which is a big organization, has certified me as a trial decoy, right? Which means they say that, okay, Dave is fit enough to decoy 20 dogs one after the other, right? Without getting tired, without dropping his intensity for all 20 dogs, right? Uh, he knows how we expect, you know, him to catch dogs in PSA. He knows how we expect him to pressure dogs in PSA, how to test them, right? Uh, you know, uh, he knows how to be safe, like how to ensure that in the process of really being hard on the dogs, 
uh, fighting them hard, how to still ensure that they are kept physically safe, right? So this is what PSA is saying when they are certifying me, all right? What ends up happening is for a, for a country which is relatively new to all of this, uh, what ends up happening is a big organization like PSA giving me a certification saying that, oh, okay, Dev is a PSA certified decoy sort of comes off as a certificate of like authenticity of, of some sort, like uh, which it is in a way, but you know, since people don't know that training decoying and trial decoying can be very, very different disciplines, okay. Uh, at times people see like it people see it as you know me being certified versus let's say uh, let's say another person who isn't certified as a PSA trial decoy and sometimes it's seen as me being the better decoy okay and let's say you come to me uh, for you know you get dog and you want to let's say compete or in a sport or you want to uh, just create a patrol dog for example right and it's just an assumption that is made a lot of times that because i am cert i am a certified psa decoy uh, i must be the better decoy but but it's it's just not true because that certification is very very limited to trial decoying and it just and that too it doesn't say that you are an outstanding trial decoy it says you are a trial decoy right there, there are a lot of training decoys who aren't trial decoys simply because they have no intention of, uh, you know, decoying in a trial, okay? There are uh, training decoys who are fairly, I would say, let's say old for the lack of a better word, uh, you know, so they're not fit enough to work 20 or 30 or 40 dogs one after the other. Okay, they're not fit enough anymore, so they're not trial decoys, but they are tremendously experienced training decoys. Like, like these are like there are some people that if if they were available to me, I wouldn't go anywhere else to build my dog up. But they're not certified trial decoys. They don't have to be, right? I've seen, I've been to, I've been to some some PSA clubs in the U.S. and uh, you know where their best decoy like the one that they're like you know whenever young dogs come in this is the guy that they want to build these dogs is not a trial decoy right because it's just a very different skill set that is required you know so it's absolutely not necessary that a trial decoy be a good training decoy Although, yes, a lot of times it might be, it might happen that, you know, what happens is usually people come in, they start decoying, they start learning how to build dogs, they spend a few years building dogs and then, uh, you know, they sort of be like, oh, okay, let me, you know, since I'm decoying anyway, let, why don't I get my trial certification, right? So, yeah, you will see a lot of times that there are decoys that are good training decoys and good trial decoys, right? It happens, right? Uh, it's fairly common. But it's not a necessity that these two, you know, have to go hand in hand. Like I know, I know of 
really awesome training decoys. I know a lot of good training decoys who just either because they are, uh, you know, slightly older and, you know, so they aren't like, you know, they aren't trial decoying either because some of them just aren't interested. Like they see decoying in like, you know, what, what excites them about decoying is building dogs, right? Uh, trial decoying just doesn't excite them as much. So they never went in that direction, but they are outstanding training decoys, right? Uh, for whatever reason, I've seen a lot of amazing training decoys who aren't trial decoys, right? And I've seen some trial decoys, you know, pretty decent trial decoys too, I, I would say, who aren't really good training decoys. Like they aren't the best at building dogs. They just aren't. I've seen that too. Okay, it's not, yeah, because it, these these two things don't really have to have anything to do with each other. It just so happens that a lot of times people before they get into trial decoying, they've, they've just been building dogs up at a club. So it just usually so happens, but it's not a necessity, right? Uh, now, coming to is like, will once like will you being a good training decoy affect your trial decoy uh, i mean see like there can be some people who have a lot of natural presence right like they'll be maybe because they're huge maybe because just the way just the way they are in front of a dog okay they might have a lot of natural presence uh, they might have a lot of athletic ability you know uh, and so that might make them an outstanding trial decoy. I personally would still like to believe that if you are a really good training decoy, what happens is you're able to read dogs that much better because that's your, like, you know, that's your bread and butter, right? You have to be able to read a dog if you're a training decoy. So I think that a trial decoy who is a really good training decoy uh, tests a dog in trial beyond mere physicality, right? Like, I think that this decoy is going to enter a space inside the mind of a dog and be able to see what beyond physicality is troubling to the dog, okay? and he's going to try and create that situation for the dog to experience. So yeah, I personally believe that if you are a better training decoy, there will be times in your trial decoying where that aspect will give you an advantage. All right. Uh, but I mean, what happened like to me, if, if you're not that good of a training decoy, you're not that amazing at reading dogs and reacting to that. Uh, a lot of times what I've seen is decoys will stay a lot more within just the physical aspect of testing dogs, you know, but there will be dogs who will be conditioned to this physical aspect, right? Uh, and may not be as bothered by just the physicality of the fight. Okay. Uh, and, but, but they, they might be bothered by something else which is a lot more psychological you know if and you have and that's the thing in trial you have about seven seconds maybe maybe even lesser 
to figure out what it might be that might bother this dog right and you know within the rules of the sport you have to be able to apply that uh, and see if if you can affect the outcome in any particular manner right so yes i feel that if you are an outstanding training decoy it will sort of give you an edge as a trial decoy if you are an amazing trial decoy the assumption is that if you're doing it regularly you're still fit like a lot of times i also see that you know there are decoys out there who are really fit around certification and you know uh, they are not necessarily fit through the year okay but assuming that that's not the case uh, what's going to happen is uh, you know if you are also a training decoy and you are a trial decoy you can you know assuming that the fitness and assuming that the uh, that you can do catch after catch after catch and drive after drive after drive you can help your club that much more because you can work more dogs essentially so yeah that's pretty much how it's going to be able to sort of be helpful in all this uh but yeah like uh what i want to really convey through this is you know there are these two really really different aspects to decoy don't mix them up okay uh don't you know don't judge a training decoy on the basis of whether he is a trial decoy or not okay don't uh assume that a trial decoy might be necessarily a good training decoy like look at look at the dogs that he's developed over the years right like you can go to handlers and handlers will tell you yeah okay this dog you know amans uh built this dog from scratch or whatever it might be right like handlers will tell you that uh see like look look at all that like you know don't go up to you know like certifications uh may not like you know so like they might confuse you so yeah i mean just be just be a little more knowledgeable about this like you know decoying is something that's like that has always been like really really close to me like when i got into working dogs i this is what i wanted to do and uh, you know i also started training and i like that also but decoying is uh, closer to the heart uh so like if uh, someone wants to know more about decoying please get in touch uh, i'll help out in any way i can uh and uh you know just have more knowledge about what training decoying is what trial decoying is and uh, yeah that's about it and uh, i'll be back with another episode and another interesting topic this is the indian sign off list until next time bye bye